In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we have come before your throne again, a throne of mercy and grace. And Lord, we bring everyone before you this day. You can see through every man's heart. Lord, we just ask that today you will deposit your word into every heart according to their specific needs in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release this, this, this pulpit into your hands indeed. That you will minister your grace. You will minister your love. You will minister your word. And cause us to receive healing, O oh God. Healing in every aspect of our lives. Healing in our bodies. Healing in our spirits, O oh God. Healing in our soul. That by the time we leave this place indeed, we will know that we have met with you. And our testimony will speak the same, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. That your name and your name alone be glorified. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to take a, a three-part um, discussion, if you like, a message. Um, and by the grace of God, uh, we will take it in subsequent uh, Fridays, because I'm not sure we can finish today. Praise the Lord. If we turn quickly to the book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians, chapter 3. The Apostle Paul was writing to the Ephesian church. One of the most profound prayers for the church is found in Ephesians, chapter 3. It says in verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. So for this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, let everybody say, being rooted and grounded in love. I don't know what the version you are reading says, but I like this one. It says, being rooted and grounded in love. Amen? It said, may, verse 18, be able, be able to comprehend with all saints. What is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ. Everybody say, and to know the love of Christ. Which passeth knowledge. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So that's a very profound prayer. And I've many times read these prayers. And I keep meditating on that, especially the last line, that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Praise the Lord. But I'd like to also go back to verse Verse 17 that says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye, being rooted 
and grounded in love may be filled with the fullness of God. Amen? I can almost say that. Amen? Say that ye being rooted and grounded in love and you can jump to verse 19 being filled with the fullness of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. So our meditation will be centered around this, this, this scripture. It says, in the New Living Translation, I don't know if anybody has that. I like the way it was put in the New Living Translation. It says, I pray, verse 16, I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Amen? Then Christ will make His home in your hearts. As you trust in Him. Your roots. Your roots. Will go down. Into God's love. And keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. As all God's people should. How wide. How long. How high. And how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Through it. Though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I I really like that translation because it it gave it more um, easy understanding. Praise the Lord. So we see two things from from this scripture. First is that God clearly loves us. Amen. That is what this scripture is telling us. God clearly loves us. Amen? But the understanding of that love is difficult. That's what this scripture is saying. And the extent to which we are able to understand this love, that is the extent to which we can be filled with his fullness. Amen? You know, this year, we say this is a year of new things. God is going to do new things in our midst. Amen? There are so many things that some of us have forgotten about. But we're going to bring them back. And say, God, this we have forgotten. We have assumed that it's no longer possible. But Lord, this is the year of new things. Amen? And you will do new things. But before we can begin to grasp of that fullness of grace and power, we need to be what? According to verse 16. We need to be what? We need to receive strength. Amen? Strength in the inside. Amen? He said that you might receive strength. That you might be strengthened with might by His Spirit in your inside, in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Amen? We need to be rooted and grounded in love. Amen? If we do not have that root, we cannot receive the fullness of God. That's what verse, um, verse 19 says. He says, it is only that way, and having the knowledge of God, the knowledge of His love, then we'll be able to be filled. Amen? We have the Spirit of God in us. Amen? Bible says he, he has given us His Son. He died for us and also given us His Spirit. Amen? So we have His Spirit in us. But is the Spirit fully manifest in our lives? Is the power of God fully manifest in our lives? There are so many reasons why this may not be so. But one of the clear reasons we see is that we need to be what? Rooted. That is, according to NLT, the New Living Translation, I say your, your roots going very what? Deep into the love of Christ. Amen? And that is the only way we can receive the fullness of God. You see, love is the foundation of our relationship with God. 
We know that. Amen. I would say God loved the world so much that he gave. Amen. He gave his son. But right from the beginning, God has always made that point very clear. If you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, It's not so much that God loves us, that's clear, but he also demands love from us. Praise the Lord. It says in verse 6, chapter 7, verse 6. It says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be what? A special people unto himself. Praise the Lord. How many have been chosen by God? The Bible says you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Amen? A chosen generation. God has, God has called us out of our life, out of our former life, to be what? A special people unto himself. That's what he's, he did concerning Israel. He says, above all people that are upon the face of the earth, Praise the Lord. And if we go back to chapter 6, verse 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen? From verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Praise the Lord. This is what we've heard several times. The Bible says God has called us to himself so that we will be what? A special people. Above all other people. He might make us different. And that, that difference will be clear. Amen? But he then says that we shall love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. Praise the Lord. So God demands love from us. If you go back to verse, chapter 7 from verse 9, he says, Know therefore, know therefore that the Lord thy God is what? He is God. You know, sometimes back we said one of the fundamental issues of our relationship with God is that He is our Father. Amen? But this our Father is God. Amen? He is the Almighty God. He said, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. He is the faithful God. But I would say, He keepeth what? Covenant. And what? And mercy. He keeps covenant. What that means is that he keeps his promises. If he makes an agreement with us, he keeps his agreement. Amen? And we know that he has made agreement with us. When he called us, he says he called us to do what? To, to bless us. Amen? That is his promise. And he keeps his promises. Amen? He says he keeps it to how many generations? He said, keep it covenant and mercy to them that do what? And love him and keep his commandments to what? To a thousand generations. You know, the scripture uses this word thousand generations simply to give us an idea of measure. The truth is that his, his, his covenant keeping nature is what? It's eternal. It's actually endless. To all generations. Praise the Lord. Because of his what? Why? Because of his love. That's the only reason. You wonder why he, he chose Israel. Let's look at it again. In verse 7. If you look at verse 7. He said the love. The Lord did not set his love upon you. 
nor chose you. And that is true for us here as well. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor chose you because you were what? Because you were great in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord did what? Loved you. But because the Lord loved you, and because you will keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage. We were all in the house of bondage, like Israel. He said, out of the hands, house of the bondmen, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. How many of us were perfect, holy people before we met the Lord? None of us. I would say, no, not one. So all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. So God, God had called us to himself to be a special people, not because of ourselves, not because we merited it. We were very undeserving. The Bible says, while we are yet sinners, he died for us. Very undeserving. And just like Israel, he, he called us unto himself purely because of his love. Praise the Lord. In, in the book of Isaiah 63... In Isaiah 63 from verse 9, it says, if you leave from verse 8, it says, For he says, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie, so he was their Savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence did what? Save them. In his love and in his pity, he did what? He redeemed them. And he gave, and he, and he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. Amen? That's what he did for Israel. And that he, that's what he did for us as well. He has picked us out, separated us, cleansed us, empowered us, and called us to be his own. Praise the Lord. Purely. Why? Because of his love. And for the same reason, he then comes to us and says, What? You shall love me. You shall love me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. So, for that reason, the only thing that God sees when he's dealing with us, it's not our history. It's not our intellect. It's not, it's not our abilities. It's not our knowledge. It's not even our sense of commitment unto him. That's not what he sees. The only thing he sees is what? Is our love. Amen. The only thing he sees is our love. And that love is because of the love that he has put in us. Amen? Praise the Lord. And the, 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 the ability to respond to that his love is directly related to how much we understand his own love. The ability to, the, the much of the love we can, we can respond to, to God is the much of the understanding of his love that we have. Praise the Lord. Love is the foundation of our relationship with him. So, one of the things we're going to look at in this study is the place of love. The place of love. And every aspect of our Christian experience as believers is based on this love. Every aspect of it is based on this love. You wonder why 
God, have you ever wondered why God, you know, he said here to Israel, he said, because of the oath which I have performed, which I have spoken concerning your fathers, I continue to love you unto many generations. But have you ever wondered what the fathers did to merit that love? What did they do? If you go back to the book of Genesis, you look at a man, a man like Abraham. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 22, or first let's look at Genesis 12. From verse 1. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will do what I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make Thy name to be what? To be great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Amen? It says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Praise the Lord. We all have recipients of that blessing. Galatians 3.14 tells us that. Amen? But what did Abraham do to merit that love? What did Abraham do to merit that love? There was nothing in the scriptures that tell us that Abraham was a special man. But God just simply looked on Abraham and called him and said, I have a purpose for you. Amen? Our God is a God of purpose. He said, I have a purpose for you, and because of that, my purpose, I will do this and this and this and this with you. Praise the Lord. But of course, we know that God went on to actually prove him. God went on to actually prove Abraham. But that wasn't the main reason why he chose him in the first place. But of course, it meant that if Abraham did not prove God's Love. In other words, if Abraham did not respond back to God in love, Abraham might have failed in God's purpose for him. Do you realize that? Let's look at Genesis 22. Abraham was proved. God asked him, give me your son. He did. And then we know this story. The Bible says when he left the place, he said that place is called Jehovah Jireh. He said this our God is Jehovah Jireh. the one that provides. The Bible says in verse 15, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, and that is God. You see, sometimes when they talk about revelation of God, hearing God, understanding God, Abraham was a man that heard from God. But the Bible tells us here that he was actually an angel of the Lord that called unto Abraham. And, and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord. Amen? You know, that's the oath that he was talking about. He made an oath. When, he resp- in, in, when Abraham responded to God's love, in the measure of God's love to him, you know, the situation that Abraham was, was very there. He was old, stricken in age, his wife also gone. Yet God has spoken to him that I will make you a blessing, you will be, you know, a father of many nations and all. God had made promise to him, but it took so many years. And even when the son came, God said, give me that son. God was asking Abraham to do what? 
to respond back to my love. That's what God was telling Abraham. To have love be. Can, you, can I see what you, what you do? If you really understood my love for you and my purpose for you, let me see how you respond. Praise the Lord. So that's why when God, when, when we try to understand Abraham's situation, I'm sure today we really find it very difficult. How many of us will, will, will receive a son in old age with a lot of promise? If you go back to Genesis 22, you actually realize that at, some, at one point, the Bible says God has spoken to him. He says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt what? God did do what? Tempt Abraham. You know, very often in the scriptures we hear, God doesn't tempt anyone. Yes, that's true, Right? This temptation is not temptation like the one of, that the devil brings before us to make us fall into sin. God doesn't do that. Amen? So the word tempt here is actually means test. Praise the Lord. To test his love for him. You know, Jesus asked Peter, he said, Lovest thou me? You know, Peter was a very zealous man. He could beat his chest and say, God, you know I love you. He said it three times. He said, I love you. Praise the Lord. And I'm sure if God were to ask us now, we all say, yes, Lord, we love you. But we know the standard of his love is not, is not lip service love. Amen? It's what? It's with our whole heart. With our whole soul. And with our what? Might. All the strength he has given to us. Amen? So God tempted Abraham, if you like. God tested Abraham's love. And in prompt obedience, Abraham went on to, to, to actually obey God. And God responded back to him. He says, in verse 15, 16, he said, By, my swear, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing. Amen. Because thou hast done this thing. There are so many blessings that God is actually waiting to release. In, in tremendous abundance into our lives. But we are holding back. And just like Abraham. Some of the things that he is speaking to us. May not come from my lips. It may not come from. From any pastor here, it will come straight into your heart. Amen? We know those things. He said, because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Praise the Lord. He said, in blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed, as the stars of the heaven. And as the sun which is upon the seashore, and thy seed, shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my what? My voice. Praise the Lord. So we see that God actually expects us to respond back to him in love. In the same measure in which he has loved us. Now the only way we can truly respond in that measure is if we understand it. Amen? So that's why our study is about love. Our love of God. We're not going to go into that today. We're just trying to lay the foundation. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we see that God tested him in the book of Romans chapter 4. The Bible says, that it went into the practical side of the description of Abraham's response to God's love. And that's where the, the aspect of faith comes in. In every response to God's love, it must be based on faith. Amen? It must be based on the faith that God 
is sure. He keeps his word. Keeps his covenant. He keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. He's a covenant keeping God. That is the truth. If we do not go to God in that faith, we cannot prove our love to him. We cannot respond to his love. It will be theory in our head. We, will, we may wish, we may desire, but we will not have enough to, to take it to the point of obedience. Praise the Lord. But love motivates us to obey him. It says, therefore, it is of faith that it, was, it might be what? By grace. Verse 16. Romans 4.16. It is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Amen? Not to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is, of the, who is the father of all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they are. Who against what? Hope. Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God in unbelief, but was strong in what? In faith. Amen? Giving glory to God. Verse 21, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse 21 is very important. You say Abraham was what? Fully. That's 100%. He was 100% convinced, persuaded, that God keeps his promises. The only way we can really receive of God's fullness is when we are sure, we are fully persuaded that this God, this thing he has said he is going to do it, no matter how long it takes. Amen? You know, at some point, Abraham actually had difficulty. We know that. There was a time he said to God, he said, he said, God, let Ishmael stand before thee. He said, why not Ishmael? You know, and God says, it's only in Isaac shall thy seed be named. Amen? God reminded him. So sometimes we, we struggle. But God strengthens our faith. Amen? But our desire and a heart, 100% persuaded to follow God, will receive God's grace. Amen? Praise the Lord. So God will prove our love for Him. There are so many little ways. It may not be like Abraham. You know, God deals with us in our different levels. He may not ask you to give your only son. He might just be, give me your time. And we say, you, you say you love me. How much time do you spend with me? And I say, okay, meditate upon my word day and night. If you love me, how much time do you spend studying my word? Praise the Lord. That's the way we can receive the fullness of God. If we really believe Him, and we know He loves us, and we want to respond to Him in love, how much time do we have for Him? How much time do we commit to His, to his work? The choices, our brother was sharing last week about the choices we make, and to the extent to which our profession is weakened. By those choices. The choices we make are directly related to how much we love God. In all the things, in our decisions in life, they reflect indeed to what extent we are ready to commit to God. Amen? And God is telling us that if you want the fullness of Christ, you need to commit yourself to me. You need to respond to me in love. Praise the Lord. The 
Bible says that this God did not just leave us alone with a commandment. He said to love me. He didn't just say love me. He said that to Israel. But today, he put that love in our heart. Amen? The Spirit of God in us fulfills our response to God's love. That's why Paul was praying again in Ephesians. If we go back to Ephesians 3, that's why he was praying in verse 16. He said that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be what? To be strengthened with might. By what? By his spirit. So the spirit of God in us is actually this power base of God. It's actually by that same spirit that we can respond to God in love. Amen? So again... What's the price on our part? Yesterday, one of our pastors was sharing, was saying that for us to receive the fullness of God, we need to pay a price. The Spirit of God is in our heart, but what is the price that we have to pay? The price we have to pay comes in many ways. But one clear one is our consecration. Our yieldedness to that spirit. But we say, grieve not the spirit. Yeah? He said, grieve not the spirit where you have been sealed. Right? He said, we should, we should not be what? We should not be filled with wine wherein is what? In excess. But what? Or be filled with the spirit. Amen? I can tell you that some of us are not sure whether the Spirit of God is in our lives. And the only reason why it's that sort of doubt is in your life is, is directly a function of your, your commitment to God. Amen? God says the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are what? We are His sons. When we, go, when we do what? When we release ourselves unto Him. Praise the Lord. If you are holding anything back, then you are not sure where you stand yourself. You don't show how much God is, is really to, ready to deposit into your life. Because you have not ready for it. Amen? And that's what his, Paul was praying. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with, as our believers should. What is the what? The breath and the length, and the depth, and height of God's love. And to know this love, even though it is difficult to understand, so that you might have the fullness of God in your life. Praise the Lord. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says, the Bible says in a, in, that he has spoiled what? Principalities and powers and made a show of them. And has released the power of God unto our lives, unto us. Amen? So there is a complete package that the death of Christ brought unto us and his resurrection. There is a complete package. I call it the grace package. We need to understand, like we said, to be able to respond correctly to God's love, we need to fully understand the extent of that love. Again, not because of ourselves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, From verse 20. Or in fact we can go to 26. For you see your calling brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh. 
Not many mighty, not many noble are what? Are called. Just like Abraham. We did not qualify for this call. We did not merit it for any reasons. He said, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. And no flesh should glory in his presence. Verse 30, but of him. Amen. But of who? And who is him? Amen. But of Christ. Who is of God? He has been made unto us what? Wisdom. Amen. And what? Righteousness. And what? And what? Amen. You see, when we talk about responding to God's love, with a, with a depth of understanding. We need to understand what this grace package is all about. You say in Christ, who is of God, he has been made unto us. That's God's love. What? Wisdom. And what? Righteousness. You see, many times the... the the, the reason why we are weak in our faith is because many times the enemy comes and tells us that, who are you? How about this? How about that? How about this? How about that? That's why the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, right? He tries to weaken your confidence before God. He tries to tell you that you are not worthy to stand before God. That your situation, God cannot answer you because you don't deserve it. In fact, God should not answer you. Praise the Lord. That you are not righteous before God. That you have no basis to stand before God. And because of guilt, you hold back. You see, if I give you, we always use this, uh, you know, this um, example. If I give you a check of a thousand reals, and I say, go to the bank and collect it. And you have any doubts at all. If you have any doubts at all. Or you think that if you go there, they might even just arrest you and say, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Where did you get this check? Do you know that you may not show up there? Even if I'm the sultan. And I have a thousand reals in my account. You may not show up. You will be, you'll be holding back. You think, well, but is this really true? That's what, that was the, that was the problem that Abraham had. The Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham was what? Fully persuaded. And that's why faith comes in as well. Because the he that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a faithful rewarder. Amen? So if we hold back, then we can't claim his promises. Praise the Lord. So he has given us all the package that is in Christ. He said, He has given us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification. You know what sanctification is? What sanctification? Okay, separation, holiness. But in, real, in, in, in actual fact, what this is saying is that the ability to live holy has been given to us as well. So the enemy, not only has he made us righteous and justified us, he has also empowered us. That's, he has sanctified us and empowered us, as we, of course, uh, consecrate ourselves. But the power to live holy has been given unto us. Christ, the, 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 the grace package includes sanctification, living above sin. Amen? And it again is not because of you. It's not because of your abilities. That's what he was saying. That not many wise men, not many intelligent men, not many people according to the flesh have been called. But ye have been called. And in Christ he has made unto us, Christ has made unto us what? Wisdom. And what? 
and righteousness and sanctification and what? Redemption. Praise the Lord. The grace package is complete package. Amen. And then we can look at the grace package. Wisdom of God. The Bible says wisdom of God means what? Fear of God. Amen. Fear of God. And the, 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 that, we see the wisdom of God, the love of God, the fear of God, and the keeping of His commandments, they are all interwoven. They are all together. One, if you remove one, the other falls apart. Praise the Lord. If we say we love Him, we do what? We keep His commandments. And the ability to do so has been given unto us in Christ. Amen? That's what He's saying. And your past sins that the enemy may want to remind you of and tell you you are not fit for this promise, the Bible says He has wiped them off. That's righteousness. Praise the Lord. He has declared you righteous. Amen. He has declared you justified and what? And saved and sanctified. Praise the Lord. So that's the package. And that is what we need to understand. That's God's love. Amen. It's when we understand this whole, this, this details, this fullness of His love that we can respond in fully, fully unto His love and receive the fullness of Him. Praise the Lord. It says in Proverbs 8.21, let's look at Proverbs 8.21. That's talking about wisdom. Wisdom has been personified here in verse... If you like, you can read from verse 17. It says, I love them that love me. That's wisdom. And those that seek me early shall do what? They shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Amen? Durable riches. Not fleeting riches. Not riches that, you know, that come and disappear. Durable riches. Enduring riches. And what? And righteousness. He said, my fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of what? Righteousness. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom in us. The Holy Spirit in you, leading you, is the Spirit of wisdom. He will lead you in the path of what? Righteousness. He said, in the midst of the path of judgment, that I may do what? I may cause those that love me to what? To inherit what? Substance. Don't for suffer lack. Part of it is that we need to understand that when we walk in the wisdom of God, when we walk in the leading of the Holy Spirit, when we make our choices based on His leading in wisdom that Christ has procured unto us, Amen? He said, wisdom says, I will cause them that love me to inherit substance. And I will do what? I will fill their treasures. Amen? Christ has procured unto us the wisdom of God. But that wisdom of God causes us to walk in the fear, reverential fear of God. And walk in, in, in keeping His commandments. Praise the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, if we go further to verse 22. Twenty-two, verse four. You say, by what? By humility and what? And fear of the Lord. Amen. By humility and fear of the Lord. You know, when we're talking about responding to God in love. These are some of the practical sides of it. And this is part of the grace package. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God causes us to walk in the path of righteousness and humility and fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the starting point. And here it tells us by that fear are what? Are riches. Amen. Riches, not just physical, both physical and spiritual riches. Riches and what? And honor and what? And life. Praise the Lord. In, in the book of 
Psalm 84. Psalm 84, verse 11. He said, For the Lord is what? The Lord is what? A son. And what? And shield. He will give grace and what? And glory. No good thing. Everybody say, No good thing. No good thing. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Praise the Lord. That's wisdom. That's the wisdom of God. The second part is, in, is righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that he had made Christ to be what? Let's look at it. Today that's why we're taking our time if you like. We have to read every scripture. In Romans in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. We're familiar with verse 17. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature and all. But in verse 21, he says, For he had made him to be what? To be seen. For us. Amen. Christ became sin for you. He knew no sin. He said that we might be what? We might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. That's part of the grace package. God sees you and declares you righteous. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you are relieved? You know, the truth is that, honestly, when I became a Christian, I was extremely relieved <laughs> to realize that God has made Christ a righteousness. I can stand before God and claim righteousness. Amen? Purely because of His love. That's a great packet. We need to understand this love, the fullness of it. We might respond to Him in love as well. And we said He has made Him to be sanctified, to be our sanctifier. Amen? He says, I pray that his glorious unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Ephesians 3.16 we read earlier. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Amen? He has redeemed us. Redemption. He made our wisdom Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Galatians 3.13 says, He has redeemed us from the cause of the law. From the cause of the law. Sin has a, a, a damaging effect. Both the sin of the past, ancestral sin, or whatever they are called. But in Christ, they are all what? Wiped off. You see, the truth is that those ancestral issues that we talk about, they are not supposed to be there. It, there is a deceit of the enemy. Amen? You say, you see, my father was like this, so I'm like that. In Christ, it is it's what? It's redeemed. It's been paid for. There is no basis for the enemy to lay claim. The enemy is a, is a, is a deceiver. There's no basis for it to stay there. So you can claim your redemption. Amen? You can claim the promise of God. You can claim it yourself. You just say, this has no place or right anymore. Amen? Because Jesus is, has been what? Has been made a sin for us. That we might be made his righteousness. And he, he died on the cross. He was, the Bible says, he has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Because he went to the cross and took that cause. Praise the Lord. He took that cost away. So, it, whether it's sin or bondage to lack or to any ancestral traits, we can, in Christ, part of the grace package, say no more. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 49 tells us the lawful captive. The lawful captive, what? Shall be delivered. Amen? Whatever is those bases, 
that lawful reason that the enemy want to claim, Jesus had paid the price. Amen? The lawful captive shall be delivered by the reason of his anointing. By the anointing, the yokes are destroyed. Amen? Isaiah 10 to 7 says, the yokes are destroyed by the anointing. They are not broken. The yokes are destroyed by the anointing. Amen? Praise the Lord. That is the redemption package. He went on, he says, in Galatians 3, he says, and the law is not and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law, be made a cost for us, for it is written, cost is every one that hanged on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, that promise, you know, God swore by his own name to Abraham. And you see, when he swore to Abraham that I will bless you and bless the generations and many nations, he was talking about you. Amen? And if he fulfilled it directly for Abraham and his children, he will fulfill it concerning you. Amen? Praise the Lord. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through him. Amen? The Spirit is the power base of God in our lives. So love is the basis of our experience of God and of His power. But we know that these days, love for God, responding to God in love, is a scarce commodity. That's why we're going to end up this first part of this study in prayers. Love is a scarce commodity these days. Jesus was speaking in Matthew 24. Let's look at Matthew 24. He was talking about the last days. In verse 7, he said, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. We see that happening. And these are just the beginning of sorrows. He said, they shall persecute you. He said, many shall be offended and shall betray one another. They shall hate one another. In verse 12, he says, because iniquity, sin, unrighteousness, he said, because iniquity shall what? Shall abound. Because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. You know, it's, it gets more and more challenging in our days to declare the fullness of God's righteousness and demonstrate it. The world around us Challenges. And people no longer believe. When you talk about, some of us may, may, you know, may be weakened. Our testimony, like our brother was sharing last week, may, may not be strong. Because we are not taking our place. Amen? Because we are not standing like Abraham stood for what we believe. Holding on to him and saying, I know. And persuaded that he, what he has promised, the oath that he swore, he's able to do. Amen? And so we run along like the rest of the world. And because the Bible says, iniquity shall abound, the love of many waxing cold. The question I have for any one of us here is that, what is the extent of your love for God? Do you understand his love? How much do you really personally appreciate and understand of God's love? You know, many times we can generalize. God is merciful. He keeps us. But do we have personal experiences of his love that we can, we can testify about? Do we really understand this full grace package? 
Do we believe it? Do we hold on to it? Do we, do we appropriate it? Do we demonstrate it? Personally. Praise the Lord. And God will fulfill those issues in our life this afternoon in Jesus' name. You know, there was a song we sang when we started. We'll close with that song and I'll invite our pastors to pray for us. It says, Father in heaven, how we love you. I was really thrilled in my spirit when I saw that song up because I was, I was praying to God, God, what do we, how do we respond to you today in a song? But then we quite already sang that song, so we'll sing it again. How do you love God? Question is to you, lovest thou me? Do you understand my love? Do you know to what extent I have actually loved you? Do we appreciate the extent to which God has loved us? The fullness of his love in our life. Do we really understand that God gave himself in Christ? We're going to go back to some of these subjects next time in more detail. But do we understand the fullness of God's love? Do we believe it? Do we appreciate it? Let's, let's rise up and sing that song and say, God, Father, we love you. Let's ask him to put our love afresh in our lives. Give us a fresh fresh understanding of of your love. And your purpose. The love of God is not without purpose. We'll go to that next time. Love of God is not without purpose. Love of God is not without purpose. So let's use this time to commit ourselves unto him once again. Say, Father, I love you. Grant me a fresh understanding of your love. A fresh understanding of what you have done in Christ and your purpose in my life. Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your living on the earth. May your kingdom be established in our praise. As your people declare your mighty word, let the be the Lord God Almighty. Who wants the need to God? Blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forevermore. O Lord most holy, we adore you. We lift your name in all the air. May your kingdom be established in our reign. As your people declare your mighty Lord, let be the Lord of God Almighty. again you have taken us to the foundation of your heart that of love towards you and father we pray O god knowing 
that man has no ability to manufacture this law, but that only your spirit can put it in our hearts. Father, we come before you that that love of God will be birthed afresh in every one of our hearts this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are praying. We are the pressures of life. And the things we see around us has caused the love to wax cold. We pray that the Holy Ghost will fan it into flame this afternoon in our lives afresh in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that the love for holiness, the love for your word, the love for your commandment, the love for your people, the love for your work, will grow in our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that the anointing of your Spirit and your grace will be sufficient for us, O God, to live the life of love that will radiate your glory around us this week and all through our lives in Jesus' name. Father, we may not know the things that will come against us this week, but, Lord, we are praying this afternoon that you will help us respond to whatever comes against us in love in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we bless your name for your servant that you have used, that more of your grace, more of your anointing, bestow upon him in Jesus' name. Amen. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The Lord baptize you with the wisdom from above that cannot be resisted in Jesus' name. Amen.